and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the second episode of our pantomime special, Dick Whittington. We saw this production at Nottingham Playhouse on the 14th of January 2023. Packed with dazzling dance, a brilliant live band and swashbuckling adventure, the show reunites us with Nottingham's favourite panto dame, John Elkington, who will be serving up some comedy chaos as Sarah the Cook. So Richard, what's it all about? Pack up your hanky and join plucky Dick Whittington and his trusty cat on their quest for fame and fortune. Their magical rags to riches tale takes us to London, where the streets are paved with gold. But first, our post-show opinion! The best dick I've seen in years. That dick was thigh-slappingly good. So with all that said, let's set set the scene. This was quite exciting uh, for, for us because... We actually sat in the uh, upper circle, or is it the balcony? What what are they call it upstairs? It's the balcony. We, yeah, I we think it's just the, called the balcony. Just the balcony. Yeah, because yeah, we we normally sit in the stalls at the Nottingham Playhouse, but this time we got to experience uh, the upper class. <clears throat> yeah. Although they said it was the cheap seats, were they the cheap seats? They weren't the cheap seats. They were just the same price as below, so they weren't actually. But it was quite. No, it was nice being up there. It was nice being up there. It was fine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and a uh, beautiful uh, view of the actual set. Now, this set was very detailed. It yes. had, it just made me think of those like really nice decorative Christmas cards that were 3D or your advent calendars, you know, yeah, not the ones definitely. with the chocolates. No, on, no, but, no, you know, not the, at all. Nice pictures, very so. illustrated, very. Yes, very illustrated. It had lights. And painstakingly hand painted as well. You could tell that it oh, was a lot of work. Yeah. It wasn't just thrown up there and just, yeah. you know. It wasn't and just... this is just uh, at the very beginning. Yeah, you know, she's just walking the, it, yeah. Yeah, once they uh, raise the curtain, for the you know the, the typical painted backdrop of you know the, the castles and so on and so forth uh, the set's got more bigger and detailed and 3d normally what you see with the opening of a production or when you walk into an auditorium you've got either a tab that just covers the entire stage that just says either i don't curtain, know safety the, or curtain, curtain safety yeah. well not just safety curtain, oh. but it might just be the production name or like the panto name so it oh, might right, just yeah. be one level whereas the opening of this when you walk in it even before they started opening the stage up to bigger parts of the production it already felt 3d oh yeah because you'd got loads of angles and loads of different bits where you'd got the pop-up effect there's just a little bit of edging around the top of the stage where it was all cut out pieces of of scenery that just like gave you a lot of distance and depth before you even before the the production started so you know and i think that was very colorful very decorated and detailed and 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 also a lot of the lines and a lot of the lines that covered a lot of the set was covered in glitter so it was it was shiny it, it felt glitzy it just felt you know polished yes and like you say you were just going to say there was lights behind some of the bits as well on stage yeah there was quite good with the uh, technical lighting which was actually, a bit similar to one. like i know we've referenced book of mormon before but it was very similar to the the edging of that where there was a lot of light in the actual, silhouetted coming it, out yeah from the, and like, like on stained glass it was like it was almost like it, across it the top just, and you know but i think they was just panelled on one color but yeah. it was like when there was like a, a dark gloomy scene it, it yeah. felt like halloween because those lights end up being green yeah but then other times it was like yeah light, bright colors, light or yeah. red or you know it yeah. just changed to fit whatever scene was i suppose definitely so yes, straight away the set just looked absolutely stunning, and this was written by Adam Penford and directed by him as well. And uh, we've seen quite a few of his plays, and I think he yeah. directed the clothes they stood up in. I think yeah, certainly a lot of the stuff we've seen at the Nottingham Playhouse anyway. So I think it's a very confident thing to write it because it, it's not a mean feat. It's not an easy feat to you know. It's quite no, a mean I mean you've got your bog standards, um, like we've said on previous episode. Uh, Panto, you can just. Uh, duplicate and do yes but this is a like a, from the ground up 
yeah. writing. Yeah, you with... can tell that it's it's had a lot of input and to actually create this panto. Yes, I mean, I can't remember too much about the actual storyline of uh, Dick Whittington. I kind of I understand it. I mean, answer me this. What's the bit about Puss in Boots? Or is that a completely different fairy tale thing? Oh, is that... Puss in Boots. Is, it with is that... Dick Whittington? Um... Is it Dick Whittington and Puss in Boots? Or is Puss in Boots like something completely different? No, like Puss in Bag Boots Puss? is different. It's Puss so Boots it's different. Is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is a different right, storyline. Okay. Dick Whittington is about him going off to London in yeah, Puss in Boots is a puss as in a boots. cat in boots, yeah. So there's a difference in storyline and It's because they all seem a little they all merge for me, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, we get that. Bit, I get that. There's a crossovers and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know where one begins, one ends. Dick but... Whittington has got a cat that's his sidekick, whereas Puss in Boots is the actual character that's the actual Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Although this is the possible still in boots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, yeah, so I think this is one of those productions that, as long as you stick around the storyline, you can. You've got a lot of creative freedom to do you know whatever you want really and i yeah. think this was a fine example of that they used a lot of uh, local reference points yeah, and they did. Uh, stuff but they used clever references it wasn't just it wasn't just clichés or no you can tell you it know. was very homegrown and, and they knew um, which bits were either deprived yeah. or which bits weren't open for yeah, a long of period of time yeah. you or, know you know even even to the to the mentions of the clifton bridge that's been and well, exactly, loads yeah. of major upheaval and loads of like a lot of work and stuff like that it, it, little references and to things Lord like Marsh that well, which is centre, still... it's been shut for God knows how long. And I think there's still a couple of shops bit, in there last time But I most went. of it's been flawed, hasn't it? So it's yeah. like, I think it was picking out references that they were just silly and funny references as well, and it, it, it was clever, you know. Yeah, and I think that's why this particular pantomime than the previous one was more enjoyable because it was yeah. local. It, it, it was like the money was well spent. Yeah. The cast and the crew gelled extremely well together. They did. There was yeah. more familiarity. Yeah. And there wasn't any stealing of limelight, shall we no. say. No. with the two main leads because it also everybody got to have their say their chance to shine yeah. and, and, and they, they all spent had their time characters. on they spent time on the interaction scenes with each of those characters when they came on they didn't just throw away those moments so they spent time with each other and enjoyed it and you could tell they were enjoying it i think as well with the writing they never stopped throwing jokes in and it was almost like a machine gun of jokes sometimes you were processing one and they were still and launching into the next and that's where it makes it funny and silly and you can pick up things and enjoy it every time even even though some of them are the silliest jokes or the the most they're not all that far from unexpected you know what the punchlines are nice bit of innuendo as well things that but um, there is definitely the two levels of you know the silliness that kids would laugh at and there's also silliness that the adults would laugh at but the kids wouldn't understand what we're on about you know well, exactly. and that was just you know, in that, a passing comment not necessarily a joke that's the best way to handle a pantomime you know you've got jokes that hit all sort of levels and age groups you know some people might get the joke some people might exactly. not but you're there to entertain the adults yeah. as well not just the kids yeah. you know because it's easy to entertain the kids by the interactions and the, yeah. the thing and sometimes the adults might get a little bit bored by that or you know especially if they're not really engaged but they do appreciate the jokes that do actually land at their direction exactly they do yeah and they do enjoy the cleverness of the level where they reference things in real life that sound like they're maybe just another character from another panto where actually they're referencing them for the adults to laugh at you the actual writing of this if we talk about the plot points i understood the plot you knew where it was going because they they basically kept it going they didn't waste time extending a scene for the sake of it you know they knew exactly that each scene was written specifically to advance the storyline along it was and you could tell that uh, with the characters as well like the the fairy and the narrator she came in a lot more and she had a lot she had a she had a role well she did yeah she was a narrator so she got to do that whereas in last week's um, Snow White the fairy didn't particularly do much at all she was pretty much useless but yeah. this one actually you felt her presence and she did interact with the characters yeah, she was there and uh, you know she and, did have wand issues and yeah, not, yeah maybe she if had it wand was issues. 5G it could have <laughs> but I think as well it's a key point where she advanced the story and she had things that she did as the fairy that influenced what happened on stage as well so you know that was very useful I just think as well if we talk about the stage or a, a set being a chocolate box this production felt like a chocolate box was opening every time you open another layer it was a little bit like 
like a folded up piece of paper and we're getting another scene and another scene and another scene and they never seem to stop throughout the production you know there was a mm. lot of staging and set for this production and it was all richly decorated and richly put together it's because all the characters the went on through. a journey they went on a journey they actually went on a journey they did you know some scenes were really small but they still had the full set for them mm. you know and it, it made so much difference to feel like each zone or area that they were traveling to was there and it felt realized you know yeah and there was a reason for everything yeah, yeah. exactly so we went to london you went you had the backdrop of london but also simple things like at the opening of it you had a drop cloth that basically had a hole in it that was almost <laughs> A, like a glory hole. Um, was, well, well, it went into a glorious place. It was a big um, enough. It was, yeah. It, it created a an opening to the production that made you think, oh, what's next and what's going to happen? And it felt Looking like... The spy hole. Even things like the... Land. Yeah, it was... But when you had the village scene at the start, you saw the emporium at the back, just mm-hmm. the front of the shop. That's right. But you didn't realise it was going to actually come into set and become the emporium and open up like a, the side of a pop-up book where it's like... It reminds me of those little things you used to get in the 90s, like My Little Pocket. Yeah. The, my, uh, uh, yeah, those, the, little, the, those little figures and those yeah. little, like, uh, My Little Pets yeah. or something yeah, yeah, that were all magnetised yeah. and you opened yeah, it up. Yeah, definitely. Like Polly Pocket. And stuff That's like, what I meant, yeah, yeah Polly Pocket. Yeah, it did. My Little yeah. Pocket. Po- oh, I'm thinking I'm it, yeah. Polly Pocket, that's the one. It also yeah. reminded me of the Postman book, the, the one where you every page you turned, there was another thing to open and there was another thing and it, it just became so much well, more That's why than I said expected. at the start it was like an advent calendar. Yeah, it was. You know, or a th- classy three dollars But also to say that card. the, the scene pieces they brought in matched everything out it felt like you were still in that world it didn't feel like they just bought some random set on or random bits everything felt just as well designed as what you saw at I the think, start I think to be fair because it's a panto there's certain expectations where you have to be glitzy glamorous yeah. you've got to be colourful you've got to be joyful Definitely. you've got to be entertaining because that's the whole point of a panto exactly if it was to be if it never had any of that it would be bloody miserable it feels and flat and it feels exactly you know, but this is why they do the sets like that to yeah. encourage you to be happy during the bleak midwinter shall we say and also know. when a production runs from that this one ran I think it's, it's about no, a month November, and a half it? it's January. about a month and a half it runs so in a way you expect a production of this size to make enough money to afford to have the lavish sets and the lavish feel of a production it needs that glitz and glam you feel like you're getting your money's worth in a way also if you think about it like any playhouse they'd probably put like a new piece of work on and they'd do it for about two or three weeks yes yeah they would sometimes you know in touring theatres it'd be on for a week yeah yeah but there's uh, three weeks for just like a normal play whereas this is six weeks so it's probably just had double the the uh, yeah, exactly. the expenses. Yeah, so so you know. So you've got to see it on stage. Yeah, you want to you want to feel that you're getting that polish and that level of performance. You know, you don't want to feel shortchanged from that. I mean, they're but, already advertising for next year, and I'm yes. sure it's in the the writing stage. Yeah, as we definitely, speak, yeah, because it it's got to be in a way. Because yeah. I mean, you can number, see. I I feel that not only have you got to have that glitz and glam on stage, you've also got to have the glitz and glam in the performances from the cast. So that means your script has got to be as strong and robust as it can be Mm. so that when they have fun with it or stop and start it, it can be as polished as possible. And there was moments in this production where they stopped, they had a bit of a laugh, they wound each other up a little bit, and then we went back to or the script. bits happened on the uh, the set with the yeah. rats uh, flying off <laughs> yeah. Yeah. on the strings and, the, and, and they stuff. Just, you know, and, and sort of, you know, interacting with the audience where somebody was made to sleepwalk back to the... Well, the dame was yeah. made to sleepwalk back to their ha- their bedroom and the dame heard an audience react and, and she's basically said, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. So she just dragged it out a bit longer, but it was funny and it worked. And it, but then it was straight back into the script and off we go again. And, and what like, I'll say about that is, um, it's normally only the dame then that can get away with doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. You know, you won't yeah. see like uh, the the prince or the um, the princess or whoever's in in a no, particular panto because there's certain like people because... in a panto that are troublemakers. In the sense of it's the ones that they can the mess and they can yeah. play and they can play because you can cause the chaos. Yeah. And then everybody else brings it back, you know, yeah. and it's it's a it's a very big test of actors and, and performers on stage, this is. It's how mm. if you can do a panto and do it well, you can cope with that. 
mm. and remember where you're actually meant to be so you can pick it back up mm. and you're not jumping three four pages of script you're back to the where you need to be on the on the page and that's that's yeah. very no, absolutely you know. and i'll say a shout out to uh john elkington who was a uh, sarah the cook completely now he's been um the dame for nottingham playhouse for so many years now but i've um Last time I went there, oh, 2007-ish, something yeah. like that. And there was like a double act, Tom, him and this other chap. But they always give such a great performance. Yes. Yeah, and he, even as a dame, you know, he's uh, just brilliant. Yeah, as definitely. being the dame, he's got the confidence. But also he's got the stand-up ability. To yeah, be able exactly. To feedback for anybody and, it's, and giving him an issue and, in the audience. And it's also know. the observation and the, the listening of... Mm being able to pick up on the slightest thing that happens and almost capitalise on that. It's a chance to cash in on some funny moments. One of the things I noticed that, well, I mean, I I love the -the off-the-cuff bits and they had the traditional bit where you bring three children on stage to help in one of the the silly dancers they do, but they interviewed each of them. And the third one was from a brownie group. And the dame asked asked this girl where she was from and where the, where her friends are in the audience. And the audience set straight into the dame's hand because there was one group at one side of the audience, one group at the other side of the audience. And just a simple comment had everybody laughing because all she said was, well, have you two fell out? What's gone off? Because mm. all she did was pick up and create a joke out of nothing. And that's the beauty of being... Being a, somebody who can just make silliness out of not a lot, really. You know? Yeah, well, what got me was that. I think there was like two sets of brownies in. Yeah. And probably neither of them knew who no. <laughs> one she it was, was actually the, from. Exactly. And it, but it was just silly and it, but it was funny. And, you know, and I think they're the moments that you know when they're really paying attention to the audience, which then brings the audience in by doing that. You feel mm. part of it. Yeah. And th- talking about like audience participation, throughout the whole of this one, you had all the chase scenes, you had the it's behind you scenes you yeah had, you had all those kind you of had, uh, interactions yeah. and building everything up and uh, stuff that's in a typical panto yeah and you had the sleep scene with, with, exactly. the, with the gorilla and you yeah. know you, you had the breaking of a vase which took a long time to break but then when it broke it came out of and nowhere that, that, that was more of like the slapstick element like you're, you're baking a cake scene Ooh, or you're, yeah. you're, you're wallpapering or yeah, whatever exactly. you know it's, that, that's yeah. one of you're those making, you're scenes. making food and we're going to do this that and the other and yeah, you know mud pie or something yeah but it's all the bits that you you see the Chuckle Brothers do, or you see those scenes where it's slapstick, it's funny, it's it's silly, but the children eat it up and they love it because it's just it's when you see actors let themselves go and don't think about anything about what they've done before. They're just enjoying the production and and being silly in that. that yeah, world. And you saw this throughout all, all of them. I mean. Even like the the actor playing Silly Billy, you know, yeah. he was um, on point all the time. Yeah. He kept his energy up. He yeah. kept the totally. audience interaction. Every time he walked on, he came on with the, like a spring in his it step. It was like a was... switch going on on stage. But also he thing. had the ability to talk back to the audience yes. if they weren't sort of like... Um, going along with him yeah, or, exactly. or whatever you know yeah he, even he, he wasn't he didn't worry about breaking what he was doing to interact and because uh, he's sort of allowed to in that essence like the dame because he tells the audience right from the start who to call him and every time yeah, exactly. he comes on call me this yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so it's like he's that. already welcoming the audience in to actually be part of it but if know. i could just compare from the previous panto a yeah. bit like how muggles was was in um snow, snow white. white this silly billy character there were the same characters but he didn't overshadow anybody else because he no. had his role yeah. and that was a perfect role he, yeah exactly but he didn't take over everyone else's time yeah. by doing silly little things or too much silly yeah. things like jay pasquale did as muggles exactly because yeah. there was even moments where you you noticed even when there was no dialogue, the dame playing his mum. Yeah. There was times when you felt like his mum's now talking, so I'm not going to. I'm silly Billy like backed off a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't because he was intimidated. It was more the fact that it's mum's turn now. Yeah. And it was very much like we all take our turns and we get the best out of everybody. Then if we all just work that's together. Right, yeah. And that's what it felt like. It felt like they understood the world of Panto and how you have to manipulate an audience to enjoy it and just follow you along and just have fun with them and and almost make them enjoy it and know that they're all enjoying it i think that's important
Mm. I'd also like to say the villain of the piece was the King Rat. Yes. Christopher Chandler. And he had a lot of energy and there was like a spark about him where he did say a few awful things, I suppose. Yeah. But to the point where, oh, something smells in here. Oh, I bet you lot haven't you uh, what, cleaned your, your bums? bums or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, I didn't expect that yeah, sort of exactly. thing. Yeah. So maybe I probably need to get out more. But it's one of them where, oh, okay, so we can use that kind of language. But also, I think as well with that. It oh, that was... probably sounds silly. No, it doesn't. Because obviously you can use that language. But in my head, years ago, you probably wouldn't have gone that far but i suppose with time changing or whatever you probably can. but i think as well this is this is where characterization in panto matters because like you said the ones that can like the, the dame and the silly billy characters can break up and be silly you can also have somebody that everybody boos and everybody doesn't like what they say yeah and and if that is lackluster and it doesn't have that like, oh, you're all like scum, the you're scum, I don't like you. And then if you don't have that, you haven't got the light and shade. You haven't got the dark and the comedy or the tragedy. You haven't got that difference. Yeah. It becomes flat. Because there was there was some tender moments with him where he actually told you his story, which I thought was really good because they that was a good backstory. That never that was. really that's never really been done. Panto doesn't always go to the depths of looking at the the other side of somebody who is the terrible person. They normally just ride over that. And this what they did really well, I thought, was they told his story in a bit of a animated a, animated video production at the on stage that was really well done. And it just told how he became the Rat King. And it added more depth to the production because of that. You know, because normally you just... to the character. As you say, you can just gloss over it with just one line. Yeah. You know, I was hard done by when I was a little lad when I became the Rat, you know. And And they didn't need to throw that in, but I thought it needed it to, you know, it was good. Sometimes it all stems down to, like, I think, the wants and needs of the character. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like we got that with all of them. Yeah, even though definitely. it was like a small, tiny little thing. Like even with the cat, he wanted to perform on like a West End stage. Yeah, exactly. So everybody so that was his got drive for him being like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, you just felt like you know because you got silly Billy's character wanted to fall in love with Alice, uh, was falling in love with Alice all the way through the production, which is a traditional you know characterization for him because it's always the. The the nev- the, the never one two but never get the girl mm. and you've got the dame whose ultimate aim is to be married to somebody which happens as it normally happens in a panto and yeah. you know and that and, and that scene was great with where they used timeless to me from hairspray where you know I that like that that was a really good really duet well duetted and timed to do that performance you know because mm. it worked really well in this production and I thought you'd almost got them having all their own journeys within the production and yes it was about Dick Whittington and. And, and Alice ultimately getting married but everybody else seemed to have an outcome of some description you know and it made the whole production more fulfilled yeah it rather did. than it being like like whole milk or like uh, skimmed you know yeah. it was very much the whole milk sort of yeah they they thought about version. all the storylines yeah. rather than one because even the cat got his performance at the end you know, yeah. and that was, it was all yeah. very short and that was out of cabaret yeah it? no it, no, it was um, it was um, oh god I know, it was because it was in Connie and Carla. Don't tell me what to think. Rain on my parade. Don't, oh, it's... Um, Rain on my parade. Yentl? No. Oh, God. Yentl. It's only because that's mentioned in Connie and Carla. I know. But it's Bob Stryson. That's girl. it. Yeah, Bob yeah. Stryson. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh. That's, why, that's why I went to Yentl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My history on uh, musical theatre isn't very good, you know. Oh, you get that. Uh, yeah. Actually, do you know what? I would say, for this production, they had a classic dick. They did have a classic dick. A female dick. dick. They did. I'm quite pleased to see a female dick. I am. (laughs) Because it was only the other day where I was saying, well, you never see any females playing the princes. You know, they actually do actually cast boys now. And it's yeah. like it's nice that they've it's kept like being Peter traditional, Pan, it? you know. Well, exactly. You expect yeah. Peter Pan to be Cilla Black or somebody like that, where you, you know they're, they're they are those. Well, she's dead now. No, but she's you don't want to dig her back out to be Peter no, Pan. But she's always uh, she's always been that you know they're the characters that play. You know, you always expected them in the past to be the Peter Pans or the princes. Oh, or the, you really are a mocky you know. lad. We would be if you're dead. But anyway, back to my dick. I mean, back to the dick. Uh, Dick Whittington. To be honest, I thought the whole cast was um, just brilliant. I thought, you know, I've mentioned before, a Panto production is an ensemble piece and it's all about the, the cast working together well. And this one... The vocals were, were on point when yeah. they did the singing. Oh, you know, it, I mean, 
I can't say everyone was pitch perfect because I don't understand like musical no. terminology no, 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 and, and no. notes. I wouldn't know, but I didn't feel like there was an out of place note. I didn't no. feel like anyone was um, not singing properly and or there was, there was a broken voice or something. Yeah, and there you was know, never, there was, was no perfect. There was a confidence about their performances from each one when they were performing. There was no hesitation. They came out, they did their pieces, they sang, they did well all the way through. And I thought each of them shone, really. If I was to make one criticism in this, oh, I suppose that might be a little bit bad, but I felt Tom the Cat could have embellished the role more as the cat and played up to the role as a cat yeah, more I know what you mean. so. Yes. Because I thought out of all of them, he was my least favourite character not yes. actor but character yeah i didn't like the costume no i think I, I think the performance could have been a bit more feline yeah i think i think there was the odd I moment think. where he'd almost rub up against somebody like with his head or something to look like he's yeah. playing the cat but he didn't do it enough it was like there was moments where he it i was more just, heard it in like the vocal delivery there could yeah. be more of a purr yeah more or, of a more, yeah yeah more but, nuance like that in more than i think movement wise as well speech. sometimes there was there was times where he'd walk around stage but be less feline like it was just putting his paws up and that was relying on the paws but not actually the movements as much sometimes went with it he may be yeah. you know i feel I think... slightly bad for having to say that but that's how yeah. i feel yeah, yeah exactly and i'm sure if other people were viewing this they might find somebody else but then remember we are but... like picking on very minute detail this is exactly we are, we're picking know, on the uh, fur balls this here. is something that you know, as a, as a really well-made piece of theatre, we're going to yeah. go to the final And let's just say I'm not specifically going out to look at any negatives or anything. No, not at all. It's just... As an aesthetic thing, that was the one person that yeah, was a little bit... like the vocal less... delivery of the character yeah. and I think... The costume probably just wasn't doing yeah, it for me. Yeah, maybe just I mean, it's like in dialogue. There was yeah, there wasn't a lot of. But you know, it's subjective. It's personal preference, and yeah. I didn't enjoy that. In I a thought way, the cat could have been a bit. In better. a way, I think the thing for me that was a little confusing that he was dressed as a pearly king without a Cockney accent, with all the buttons and everything mm. that he was on. So that it was almost like they went for the costume for being London and pearly kings and queens and and Cockney, and there was not much of a reference. Whereas. The, the fairy had a London accent. Oh, she definitely was did, definitely yeah. definitely London. But and, and don't that... forget, Tom the Cat was travelling to London, so he wasn't coming but from But dressed London. as a pearly king and queen. But and then that's again, the... why didn't all the pearls on the costume like be where all his eight nipples would exactly. have been? Exactly, and that's that's it's... where it was just that that could have if, if, made you know, it. That could have been a bit more fun, having yes. like the, the instead of the pocket buttons, it could have it, been, it been, been actual... all eight yeah, buttons exactly. as in nipples. Yeah, exactly, yeah. More obvious to, yeah. to make something of it. So and like with with the hat, I don't. It was it almost felt... like the ears weren't big enough to create that it, feel it, of yeah, the feline. I, I think something style. you know, if you're gonna do it, do a bit yeah, bigger, exactly. maybe with yeah. the ears or yeah. The, the tail yeah, was okay, yeah, exactly. you know. That, yeah, I think there was something a little um, not. I think when when everybody else had, was almost everybody else's costume was really on point. That was the one that felt disconnected mm. in a little tiny way. Even even if they like had maybe had a fake fur coat that he wore at first, and then he went into smaller costumes. You know, it's like you could have had more played with it a bit more. You think? I mean, this is going to sound a bit silly, but like Cat from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Loved dressing up, loved who he was and yeah. how he moved and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I don't expect that in the No, panel. no, no, of but, course not. you know, you could have also played about with maybe the, the teeth or if he had, like, the fur, like you said. Yeah. If it was different coloured fur or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, go to the extreme. But yeah, or I'd just have almost have costume pieces that he wore throughout rather than, you know, even if it was just, just to make it feel... Like different, or have the cat have his own little um, not a rucksack. Um, what was it? Uh, um, what bundle, it? bundle on a stick. Yeah. Have his own where he's got his own little like uh, fishy cat treats or, yeah, yeah, or something exactly. a little just more to, feline and yeah, yeah, just, it rather just, than or it, even it, if it was a fish on a stick, you know, just uh, just that, you know, that, exactly you know, those that would have been good. Feels... You know, tin of pilchards or something, yeah. as if yeah. he's trying to fit in yeah. but is still a cat. Whereas yeah, yeah. the character walking along just. Tried to be, yeah, I know I'm a cat, but I don't want to be. I want to be a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And whilst, yeah, it's okay wanting to be a singer, he's still, I, it would have been better yeah. for me if he yeah, was yeah, just exactly. going all out on yeah. impersonating yeah. a cat, trying Definitely. to be something else instead of just not yeah. going there as such. But other than that... Oh, yeah, totally. And I thought Alice, Rosanna Bates was um, crystal clear in her delivery, oh, in her movement, brilliant. and how she um, sang and, and 
Yeah. Who was Alison. It's slightly weird in a way because she did have a great rapport with her father, uh, TJ Lloyd being the Alderman Fitzwarren. But yeah, there, there was a uh, sort of a, a connection there. But it was one of them where her storyline wasn't that big, wasn't that central because it, it wasn't. Even though she was no. going to be, she's a love interest and she's going to choose. Yeah. Who she didn't overstay her welcome, if that makes no, sense. No, she didn't. No, no, she you was know. there for the need when it needed to be. Lisa Amblavana as Dick Whittington, I thought she performed with great enthusiasm, yeah, definitely. very lively. Yeah. Did she slap her thigh? I'm not quite I think sure. She might have done it once. Then I must have blinked. I uh, don't yeah. remember I saw seeing one that. Thigh slap. And uh, fairy bowbells, Natalie Windsor. She was a great fairy. She didn't speak in rhyming couplets. No, like which I was almost expecting would. to. But she did do <coughs> a, a, a good Cockney accent. Yeah, she really did. And she kept that up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. The one role which I thought was a bit underused, but I'm, I don't know how I feel now, I actually haven't seen this, but um, DJ Lloyd played Alderman Fitzwarren, who was the father. Yes. He looked like he could have comic potential. In certain th- scenes that he had, he did feel a bit like funny, like when yeah. he was doing the Lord Mayor. Def- yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Mayor, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, kind that of, um, of yeah. thing, but... I don't know if it was underused or maybe there wasn't that much there to give. Yeah, I suppose. How do you feel about yeah, that? No, you... I get that. I think I think there was a few moments where he was on stage and maybe not as integral and maybe could have been Because there was a bit in the ship where he was wearing this nightgown and he was with Sarah the cook. Yeah. And she said, do a spin. And then yeah. he did the spin and then she like ad-libbed. Um, I mean, probably rehearsed and they do it all the time, but... I bet you get a bit dizzy there, or, or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. And he says he, he he did a bit, but it was it was one of them where, you know, I wonder what it would be like if he felt more confident to give more yeah. ad libs or, yeah, yeah, or whatever. No, I know what you mean. You know, yeah. or yeah, been yeah, in yeah. the position to be a kind of a, a dame where he could like retort a bit more. Yeah, I'm, I feel like there's probably more there. There was, yeah. than we were allowed yeah, yeah, to yeah. see or could see. Yeah. Yeah. I just got I mean, to me, yeah, I know what you mean. I think when they, I think when they sang was a, together, it was good. There was a scene in the shop in Fitzwarren's shop at the start, which was a bit similar, where mm. he was there, but he was he was not necessarily overly involved. Almost. Yeah, he was, was there, he was, but he wasn't there. There, yeah, exactly. And I suppose we don't really know much about his journey. No, we don't. Although he does want to get married. Yeah, and he yeah. fancies Sarah the cook. Well, you know, you know see, who wouldn't exactly? You know? I'm sure we'd all want to be the same. I mean, one husband. thing I'd like to say from the, from uh, Sarah the Cook's costumes were fantastic. They were. They were because well thought out all the way through. And and each one made sense at the point it made sense. In the particular know, scene, yeah. You know, and that's very key to the whole, you know, production. Yeah, when they were going to London, it was like the London map of A to Z that yeah, she was wearing. Yeah, on one, the underground. In, and then, yeah, and then in the jungle, she was like... Uh, she was, she was being carried on, gr- sat in a gorilla. Gorilla, you know. You know. And then and, and when she went on the boat, she was in a full sou'wester and, and, and with with, <laughs> yeah. with rubber rings and all sorts. And it was just, but it, everything made sense. It wasn't like her entrances were like, oh, she's got another nice costume on. It was like, you know, it was right. At the and right a baby point. doll costume for when she's going to sleep. That yeah. was really nice, pretty and pink sort exactly. of a thing. But then I think it was the full funny scene where she was sitting on the log and she came in like the clamshell on her head. Yeah. And then when she sat down and she's like, was hidden yeah but actually yeah. that turned into being part of the next yeah. part of it to be the comedy sketch scene to yeah. have where the gorilla appeared and she couldn't see the gorilla but she's fussing it and, and that's and that was so much part of that exactly. and know. that's so much better done to do the he's behind you sort of a thing yeah. where all it took was just one log yeah that they were exactly sat on, right? it, simple and then for that whole scene which was a great scene little yeah. sketch and to take it off, or oh, she said, "I better log off now." Yeah, you exactly. Know I mean? And it was so, just, it was, it made sense, and it was to the point, and that was the thing. It didn't last long, but yeah. it, it made the audience shout. You know, that the gorillas behind them, and all that. Mm. It, I think for me, this is where you know Panto's got them. I saw kids in front of me jump up and be pointing, and they, they you could see them pointing that he's behind you. He's there. He's there, and you know no, that that was an old couple in front of us. No, there was a couple <laughs> of kids further down, and you could just see them. Were there? Yeah, there was. There was a couple of kids in front of you. Oh. Yeah, but it's the fact that you can hear them shouting. Yeah, we could hear a lot of kids shouting in this. Oh yeah, where not, you they knew that they're like very they? animated, and you know that when they're doing that, they're included, and they've all, they've they're in there, they're still in and there. they want to like 
tell them that 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 that, that bad thing's going to get you and yeah. these behind you and it's and the good and thing that's about important, yeah. you know and the good thing about that is the fact that when they did that whole oh it's behind you and they walk one way then yeah. another it's like the third time they see it yeah sometimes you over egg it yeah exactly and you think oh come There's on it's so, it, it's so easy just to turn around yeah exactly you know and uh they, that they did it just enough. When it's repeated the third time for the dame, it's the egg yeah. that runs off because they've seen the actual <laughs> the look of the, the Sarah yeah. the cook. Yeah, yeah it's like, exactly. oh, you scared me. Yeah. And then that makes the audience laugh because it's not just the kids laugh because it seems silly, but the audience are looking at it, going, mm. "Well, they looked at her face and they've ran off." And that's yeah. and that's that's just an adult level that is just mm. another bit of fun, you know. And, think, and what do you think about the costume for the Rat King? I thought it was brilliant. I that think was, you know. Yeah. I think you know. He's and the thing he, is, he doesn't change his costume like everyone else. No, so it's just no one same costume. as the same as the fairy. Don't change the yeah, costume. Yeah, just one. But one thing, Cut you down know, on the for money. me. But it's not just that. It's attention to detail because the Rat King's costume, the the cape he was wearing, was lined with black glittery material that sequins. just it's like sequin material that was on the inside of the cape. Mm. And this is for me the little details. That was only seen it had when a bit he's of green swishing as his well, didn't yeah. And it, but when it, you only see costume. it when he's swishing the swishing his costume. Mm. But it was enough to lift and yeah. make it feel more rich and more well designed than just a flat piece of cloth. You know, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's that's the whole point of Panto. You, it's make that it extra pop, level and razzle dazzle. I think also one mention is is silly Billy's costume where he generally stayed in the same costume, the orange one. Yeah, in the orange costume. But then when he went. To bed in I this thought he looked scene. very attractive in that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, well, of course. Mm. I mean, but when mm. he went to sleep and he, he came out in a night <laughs> nightshade, night blue costume with sheep and it ladders looks, all it over satin, it. It like quite. Like gates, where yeah. they were climbing over the gates and he was counting sheep. Yes. It was that level of detail that we didn't see in Snow White, where the, the that character, that silly Billy, that, um, yeah. you know, model's character, the button's character had got his own costume changes to make you feel like he's... More important. Yeah, he's yeah. part of it, you know, and it's not just the... He's not the, just the silly person that's the jester. Mm. They've still got a part to play. How he know? goes to sleep and how he yeah. gets to sleep is also he, silly. Yeah, exactly, because it's yeah. it's him... He's like, well, I'm ready for bed. I've got my... I my, can count. I've got count my count machine on my mommy, you know. and keep him awake. But it makes you feel like there's a level of attention as Exactly, well. and the thing is... That could have just been one simple outfit where it's just striped pyjamas yeah. or, or an over-garment, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. or something. didn't have to go it to that level. Exactly. But it was worth it and it worked, yeah. you know. And also, I'd like to say, like, um, the extras, so those that were doing the, the rats, the ensemble, you know. Yeah. Great rat costumes. And oh, yeah, they, they doubled up for the... Um, oh, not toy soldiers. What do you call them? They were uh, the, the sailors. They were the sailors. sailors, yeah. But there was also the uh, the musicians with the trumpet. Oh, the... the um, yeah, musical, I know you mean. Um, the, um, the, is there the word for it? They look like those... Um, the Nutcracker toy yes, soldier things. they did. I know what, what you mean. Um, yeah, the... Uh, the ones that did the fanfare, I know what you mean. Um, like bellboys, aren't yeah. they? Is that what? Yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, something, yeah something like that. Like that. So, yeah. yeah, but they all had a, a every even the even the 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 chorus the the dancers that um, were involved. Each costume made sense for them, and the, you know the, you know the rats made changed their body proportions so they were they looked like rats, and yeah. it was just like everything felt right to to what they were performing and absolutely stuff like that. yeah. What do you think about the fairy's costume? I think it could have had more. Yeah, and the reason why I, I liked say that, it, but I think that because she went off a lot of times, so she could have actually she exited changed. the stage. You mean? You, yeah. you don't mean like she just went no, no, off no, on she one? Went, no, she left. Yeah, she went. <laughs> she, yeah, went she went off. She's off on one again, <laughs> like a little fairy. firework. You know? Ooh, she's, she's like gone a off again. Because every time I think of the fairy, I always think of Glenda yes. from uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And that was a huge gown. I yeah. always think any fairy is going to have this huge, yeah. huge ball gown yeah. that they can barely uh, get through the doors. But again, they don't have to do it to satisfy me. No, of course not. No, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think they do for familiarity, so it's that person. It's a little bit like the Rat King, it's the same yeah, costume Yeah, I suppose throughout. you don't want a dress that's going to be too big that it's going to engulf the actress. No. She looked all right in it Yeah, anyway. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of the costumes were all fitting to any of them. That's the thing. They were all well made to the character. You know, they felt like the person that was wearing them was wearing them well. 
And I think that goes down to um, the playhouse as well, the ability to uh, make their own costumes. Yes. I don't think, I mean, I remember Derby uh, Playhouse at the time, they had their own costume yeah. um, wardrobe room yeah. and, and seamstress and stuff, and uh, they handmade their own costumes yeah, yeah, exactly. for everything they did. Yeah. You know, I think they, them costumes probably got sold off, but you can actually go to these costume places yeah, yeah, and course. just hire yeah, any old tat. Yeah. You know, and you see that when you do hire the kind of tat for the bigger things yeah. everything becomes a bit baggy a bit it becomes a bit, bit samey as well and also it? nothing fits right no. you know and if you get costumes that are specifically tailored for you a bit like the set i mean let's face it there's lots of panto sets out there you can go and hire now you can you can literally can you? yeah there's oh, lots right, okay. of those the scenic production like companies that own sets for pantos oh, especially you know, be like a great big you can even get sets for like you know a lot of the musicals that are out there even if you want to do it on an amateur level you can mm. literally hire the entire set you know there's places that have just got them stored in warehouses and it's yeah. like yeah i suppose they do with the props as well yeah like they a great do big pumpkin you and golden yeah, carriage yeah, exactly you know and Another bit of the thing that I would actually like to point out, which I might be referencing Snow White here, in the dream state where the fairy manages to speak to um, Dick Whittington on his throne, saying, you've got to go back after they've caught him out stealing the money. Yeah. He's on this chair. and Asleep. Asleep. And it gets lifted up. But, but what they do, what the, 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 the fairy does is, is show Dick Whittington what would happen in his dream state, who he should be. It's yeah, his yeah, true state. Yeah, that, so it's well, like, I haven't finished, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was He was asleep and then yeah. he gets, he ends up, you see him, dis- well, she sings a song and he, he disappears and ends up on a throne in the dream sequence, basically. Yeah, but my point that I was going to get to was the fact that that was more fitting than the one in Snow White where they used a car to move out and As around. a journey scene, which made no sense exactly but this actually felt like it was part of the production and it was it was the right piece for the right point and it had the right meaning if you're going to use an effect or something that's a surprise in essence the effect was used in the same place as snow white before the interval and it was done at the right place but this one felt exactly part of it and in a way i was a little shocked because what they'd done, they'd really cleverly done it, where they'd set up the Lord Mayor as Dick Whittington in his throne room, surrounded by the room itself with a set around yeah. it. You didn't know that that chair was going to lift, really, because no. at first it just looked like it was a, a quick glimpse scene of what he would become. You didn't then realise that all those set pieces would go away. The stage went black and he flew up and flew around the stage and into the audience. And it's, mm. you didn't see that coming, you know. And I think that was really clever on how they, yeah. they did it, really. That's why I'm saying, like, that didn't stick out like a sore no. thumb. That was like a, a It didn't a feel like they bought the effect of... for no reason. That's you know? right, yeah, yeah. Any other kind of technical uh, things? Uh, there, there was a, a little thing that jarred a few times. I suppose it was an error, really, when they were trying to get one part of the set off when they were on the ship. Yes, yeah, you could see them trying to tug him from the Yeah, the there was wind. meant to be a scene where both sides of... Basically, the set, the scene was set that the ship was actually in the harbour. On the docks, yeah. On the docks with the, with the platforms in front of it and the barrels and things like that in front of it. And then they got on the boat and they set sail. And what would should have happened, like two book, bookends, you should have moved both sides of those, the sort of dock area, away. Yeah. And unfortunately, they only got... The, they got stage right off, so the half of it on yeah. one side off, but the stage left wouldn't go. That, and that was stuck they, on I something don't know else if there was a, I don't know if there was actually something happened backstage where there was too many people behind it or because a lot of people went off that side. Like the, all the kids went off. I, I think it side. got caught. I think some of the wheels probably got caught yeah. on something that was either on the flooring or a piece because of the stage. Because there was times where they moved it, it forward and back, so like they were trying to get yeah. it off something. Yeah, because there was a narrow gap between um, uh, the ship slash yes. the back of the stage set curtain or whatever, and the piece of flat that was yeah. sticking out, protruding. That it needed to sort of get behind there, whether it was like. And also, I know from my experience of that stage, there's actually probably only about eight to ten foot that side of stage to actually manoeuvre anything off that side of stage. That is actually the shortest wing size. So they they probably... There was a lot of odd... like, (laughs) And it's actually really close to where the door is to go off to the changing rooms. So it's actually really... There's a lot of things happening. There could have been a lot of stuff happening. where, And the problem is... They can't really tell each other, get out of the way or move out of the way, because 
they've got yeah. to do all in silence. So they really probably should have yeah. thought about. That but they did they it. They might, it. It might not have happened previous night or the night before. It's just that that night something happened. No, I mean it just looked tonight. like they were trying to get it out from the wrong angle. Yeah, it just it needed like just turning yeah. up a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it was just a yeah whatever. Technically, I mean lighting and sound wise, I thought I was, was impressed brilliant. by the lighting. Yeah, uh, and also. Time. Also, from a sense of they were all mic'd and they all had head mics. And what worries, what annoys me sometimes is when you have mics on stage is there's always something that happens with a technical aspect where somebody forgets to switch a mic on when somebody walks on stage. or And we had none of that. Mm. Every time the cast were on, they were mic'd well and you heard every word they said and you knew that it was just really well blended and the harmonies when they were singing and mm. all the... They worked together really well on some of the big ensemble pieces where they're singing as a whole group. Mm. They obviously listened to each other when they're singing because there wasn't anybody vying to be the better singer in the lot. They were just mm. all enjoying it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's key from a technical aspect because... That's where you get the most errors, where batteries stop working or things stop going right, or you always have a, like a signal problem or something happen, and it yeah. that's important and it it spoils the the magic if you if things like that go wrong in yeah. in this you know. There's a trying to get the the rat up the the wire. I think yeah. I got caught. caught. But in a way, they, they I, made I, that I, even you know, funnier, didn't I, they? I think that that was the bit where the dame really made something of that. Where it yeah. was like it was like whack the rat, and uh, we're going to keep next door. the rat, and we're going to yeah throw it over next door. Yeah. And it was really funny because you know I think that that that's you need those elements to make yeah. the most of it. You know, the slap dash. Uh, yeah. sense of humour and, and all that uh, high energy of uh, when they were trying to clean the polish the vase and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, Sarah the Cook and uh, Silly Billy definitely. Yeah, and I mean, it's like Danny, Danny Hendricks as Silly Billy. There was one bit where I, when he picked the vase up off the shelf, and I know this is such a small bit, it was done so well that he only had to get the vase from the shelf to the table. But he made it look believable that he might drop it. And then, oh, he might drop it again. And he might drop it again. And all you could hear all the kids going, oh, oh, he's going to break yeah. the vase. And it's like, that was built up by everybody kept saying, don't break the vase, don't break the vase. Mm. And he made it. He took it to the next level just yeah. by the physical performance. Well, that's exactly what it you is. Know. It's the physicality of it. He understood that it's it, you know you know you add to the uh, the sentiment of. He understood that it's not it. just about what you say. It's how you deliver that, and you know the worst bit for me was when uh, Sarah the cook was actually polishing it, and she was like slapping the feather with the around all shot. over the place, and that was exactly so thought, funny. Oh, what? But it was so well made. You can sort of just know that you know they'd worked on that, and they'd mm. worked on. It. You can just you know, and I think that you know. And one thing I will say is, we're at the end of the run when we saw this production. We're like you know six weeks down <laughs> yeah. of this of this panto, and they still were performing at the right level. There was no energy drop you know I yeah, felt they've only like got one they, more show to go haven't they yeah and I just felt like you know yes you might be thinking well we're that close to the end we're just going to do a good one but they've they've got to pay an audience they've got to you know they've got to make it good and that's the and thing and also one of the know. issues that uh, we noticed was um, the feather duster like came apart yeah it did <laughs> and that was funny <laughs> so it flew off you mean you dropped it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no that was that was good all, all good fun yeah definitely Moving on to our next segment, which we say, call this a show. Is there any comparisons, any final words you want to say? I suppose we're seeing the yin and yang of productions. You know, the differences I've seen is, you could say, manufactured, mass-produced production by a national production company that are putting on 20 productions... I just say what the company was. It's um, It's, um, Crossroads Production Company. Crossroads, isn't it? Crossroads. Yeah, that's it's crossroads, right. isn't it? No, no crossroads. Because I, I mentioned, I uh, made that gag about. Um... Oh yeah, shaky set. Yeah, so crossroads yeah. pantomime company. You know, I mean, they are doing probably approximately twenty productions across the country, and I think there's at least four or five Snow Whites happening, which, yeah, for me feels like it's manufactured, and it's very obvious that that is how it's being done, and also same with the set. After seeing this production, after seeing Dick Whittington in Nottingham with the amount of attention to Nottingham detail, Playhouse, Nottingham yeah. Playhouse with the amount Homegrown. of attention to the set and the, the script, uh, and, the the script and everything in there, I actually feel that Snow White was very tired. I I feel like the set was very tired and it was also confusing because some of the scenes they chose and picked to depict 
each place were very just that they were there but they weren't definite whereas mm. i felt that dick whittington had spent that much time even if some of the set they had brought in because they might not have they might not have used everything that they made themselves but they made it look like every scene mattered in every way it wasn't just yeah. about the performance it was also the staging of it and the, the bits they used on stage and the props and everything mm. just felt rich and well put together, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I just agree with all the sentiments you've just uh, laid out, to be honest. I feel like a good homegrown pantomime is far superior than one that's pretty much everywhere. I think I'm more likely to say, if you want to go and see a pantomime now, go to, not just like Nottingham Playhouse, no. but a playhouse. Exactly, you know, yeah, go to one where... the Lee's yeah. Playhouse or whatever. Like go Mansfield. to your local Playhouse and man like does it themselves, yeah. Rather than go to one of these big books things that have celebrities, because chances are you're not because they're relying on the celebrity rather than actually the performance, you know. Yeah, pretty much. You know. Now, Richard, I want you to give me a review, rewatch scene. Which one would it be? I'd like to see it all again, to be honest. Okay. And I know that's like, it's it's probably a get out, but. I just enjoyed it. It made me feel happy and it takes a lot for me to be happy about Panto because I've seen a lot of good ones and this is, you know... And you're an old miserable queen. I am an old miserable queen and this is this did make me happy and I enjoyed it, so yeah. What would I see again? I'd be tempted to say the polishing the... Uh, yeah, polishing the, the vase. Yeah, the Ming vase. Yeah. Scores on the doors now, please, Richard, for Nottingham Playhouse's Dick Whittington. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being a perfect dick and 1 being stuck in the Rat King's sewer. What's it going to be? Well, it's got to be a 10 out of 10, to be fair. Oh, OK. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, it deserves it, the amount of effort gone in. I was going to give it a 9.5. And the reason why it's 9.5 is, I think, simply down to the issue with the cat, maybe. Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, it's, fair enough. It's so much better than the previous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think falls apart. Previous pantomime. Yes. Totally. So, what sound effect will you be choosing from the following? A complete train wreck? Tumbleweed? An audible shrug of the shoulders? Uh? A slow clap? A pleasant applause? Or a standing ovation? What will it be? I'll give it a standing ovation. I'm going to give this a standing ovation as well. So there we are. That's our discussion of Dick Whittington. We hope you found it insightful. If not, entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing Rebus, a game called Malice. The Beekeeper of Aleppo. And The Verdict. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. That was the best dick in Nottingham. I'll struggle to see another dick like that again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>